Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Royal Bluehead Family uh, show tonight. Tonight, uh, we have a special treat and a few different uh, special treat tonight. Uh, Elder Victor Bluehead is going to be doing a teaching tonight. We're broadcasting live at a community skilled nursing home. Uh, where the residents are sitting in, uh, relaxing, um, eating some Chick-fil-A that was sponsored. <clears throat> uh, matter of fact, Victor Roulette was one of the sponsors for that for tonight, so we want to thank him and his family. Uh, I don't know what he has in store, but we think, we just want to thank the Lord for him and his family uh, for being on Chaos Talk Radio. We just want to thank him for uh, being obedient to the Lord and giving out a lesson on tonight. Uh, we're giving out uh, live broadcasts all week. I know we haven't been on because of the sound. Also, there's this thing, I don't know who certain carriers are saying that you will be charged. That's not from Blog Talk because it's a local number, the uh, 845 277 um, we're still working on that. So if they're saying you're being charged, um, they're telling me that you're not going to be charged, and we're still working on that. Don't let that stop you from hearing the word of God because I said we're getting ready to go to a new height, a new level. Also, uh, again, we're broadcasting live out of Warren, Ohio. Good to be back home. Um, and, again, we just want to thank the Bluette family for taking the time out tonight to share the word of God. And without no further ado, my big brother, Elder Victor Bluett, the service is in your hands. Amen, amen. Welcome, 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 everybody. Hope you've had a beautiful day, having a nice evening. It's an honor to be on the broadcast that Elder Holler provides with Chaos Blog Talk Radio. It's definitely an honor, and I appreciate you, sir, me and my family. Before we get started, I want to uh, say a prayer right quick. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity, for this moment. Uh, Thank you for giving us a voice to preach and teach your word. I pray that you would give me strength, send your spirit that makes this easy. Uh, We'll be careful that no flesh gets any glory, but all glory belongs unto you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, um. It's been a while since I talked uh, on a platform, but hopefully God sends that the Holy Ghost to to aid me in this teaching. So, again, welcome. Thank you for being on. Uh, thank you for listening. You could have been doing anything else. You could have been doing something else, but you have chose uh, this moment, and I, I really, really appreciate you. And God is humbled as well as myself. So, Tonight, and also my wife uh, and my middle daughter, uh, Vanessa, who we call Nani, they're on also, and they may have some comments or questions um, just to get us along our way. So tonight, I'll be coming out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, we'll start at verse 11. And see how far we can go. I don't plan on keeping you all night. So, uh, also, I just want to teach the word. What the word of God says. I don't want to do this with hype. I don't want to do this with any type of flesh. I don't want to do this to get any congratulations whatsoever. That's not how I teach. I want to just teach the word of God and stay in the word of God so that we can all, all get a better understanding of just these scriptures, and that's always the way I've been. So I want to come out of Luke chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 11. And I don't usually give a subject when I teach. I just want to teach the word of God. Um, But just keep this thought on your mind as a subject if you want to, if you need to have a subject. Let me find that subject. Uh, So the subject tonight is to be forgiven and accepted. To be forgiven and accepted. Amen. So 
Luke 15, starting at verse 11. This, of course, is about the prodigal son. And I know it's been preached and taught a lot. But I've never, what God gave me and how he wants me to do it, I've never seen it taught this way because we, we add so much to the word of God, which we shouldn't. But if we can give good examples of the word of God, that's needed. So Luke 15, verse 11, and it says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. Who was the he that said this? That's Jesus. He's speaking a parable right now. This is a parable from Jesus. You know, parables are to make us think. And he also keeps the parables uh, that you're familiar with on the things he talks about. So, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now, this is kind of unusual uh, that a son or a daughter would ask for the inheritance from a parent or parents uh, while the parents are still living. But Jesus wants to get right to the point of why he's here and why God exists. So read that again. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of goods that belong to me, that follow to me. And he divided unto them his living. So, the parable is about a man and his two sons. For some unknown reason, the younger son asked it of his portion of the inheritance early. The father's response was that very least gracious, but it was also generous. It was a generous act on his part. He did not force his son to stay with him, but instead granted his request by giving him his portion of the inheritance early. We're not told whether the older son received his portion at the same time. It is also likely that he was an older teenager. We're talking about the younger son, the prodigal son. It's likely that he was an older teenager because it's quite obvious that his intentions were to sever the relationship and leave. How many of us have accepted Jesus Christ in our life and didn't stick with it and severed our relationship with him and left? How many relationships you've had with family, friends, people of whatever sorts, great relationship, or something goes wrong, somebody gets mad, and you separate. And the person that you separated from, how would it feel if you say you want to leave me or if you say oh, you're angry with me and you leave my presence, leave our friendship behind? How many of us has that happened to? We're talking about a family right here where this father had two sons, and the younger son wanted his inheritance now or money now to sever their relationship and go out and about, right? In order to understand the parable, we need to recognize that the father represents God, the older brother represents the religious leaders, the younger brother represents sinners. And that's why he's, tearing, he, he's, he's telling this parable right now. All his parables are for our good to think. And this clearly is a thinking situation who the father and the two sons represent. So the father represents God in this parable that Jesus is telling. The older brother represents uh, the religious leaders who could not always get it right who was mad at Jesus for everything he did. They was envious of Jesus for everything he did. And the, and the younger son represented sinners because he wanted to sever the relationship from the father, and the father represents God. So I'm going to stop right there and see if my wife or my, my middle daughter, Vanessa, has anything they want to comment on. No, I'm listening. Okay. Well, uh, I just want to comment on that last part 
um, and he divided unto them his inheritance. So if he divided it unto them, did it, I mean, I don't want to get stuck on that. I, I, just, I just noticed that. No, no, we, we we studying right now. That's a that's in the word, right? So I'm just thinking that he that both of them got their inheritance, but one just left and one stayed. If he divided mm-hmm. it unto them, his living. Mm-hmm. There's something about a father that just can't give to one child. That mm-hmm. make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Well, we know that yeah. the older son stayed with the father. Right. So mm. it, wasn't, it wasn't any um, favoritism. No. No. Quite right. Amen. Great comment. Great comment. So the thing about, in order to understand the parable, we need to recognize that the father is God, represents God, the older brother represents the religious leaders, and the younger brother represents sinners. Just as this father did not force his son to stay with him, so God does not force people to be with him. And all this is falling in line about the prodigal son. God doesn't force us to be with him. He's a perfect gentleman. And this father of the son is representing God and how God treats us also. And he allows us to do what we put our mind to do. That's what just came to my mind was um, free will. Free will is what came to my mind and how God blesses us with that and allows us to do what we think is the best choice to do. Mm-hmm. Every created person is a son or a daughter of God. Every created person. And much the more when you accept your son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior. All right. He has revealed his love for us by sending his son to die for our sins, but he will not force us to accept him. Amen. So let's move on. So I'll read 12, and we'll go into 13, 14. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. So verse 13, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And 14, and when he had spent all, Nani, you need to go on mute, sweetie. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. How many of us <laughs> have done something like that in our younger days, of taking our substance, our monies, or whatever, party, or uh, been out all weekend or whatever, and um, with nothing left, so... As planned, the younger son took his new fortune and left his home, traveling to another country, a good distance from home. He must have became something of a party animal, making himself popular with everybody because of his willingness to spend money. So he's he's out under from the leadership and the guidance of his natural father. Just as us, when we leave God, we're out from under his guidance out from his care, and we're, we're living recklessly out and about. We're seeking no guidance from God because we're living it up. We're in our moment. We got what we think we need. We got a little money. We got a little house. We got a little car. We got some whatever. Whatever you think is sustaining you other than God is failure. It's failure, and you can't survive under blessings that you had or previously had. Anytime we take our own selves and just go out there without God in our life, it's like you throwing up a coin to flip heads or tails. This young man, being an older teenager, may have not even had the maturity 
I ain't going to say may have not had. I'm going to say he didn't have because he went out there riotously living, squandering his inheritance. So he was immature as far as becoming a young man. He was immature in the things he should be doing in life. He was immature in how he handled himself in society without his father, without his parents, without his family. You know, and and it's funny, and I know it's somebody listening that, that, that probably have been in a situation where they just struck out on their own and found out they wasn't ready. This is the perfect example of that. Any questions or comments? All right. Well, let's keep I just want to. I just want to encourage people that's far away, that's so far out there right now, that you don't think, you know, nobody cares or, you know, you're so far out there um, and you just think, well, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm just going to say this because it's far out there. I mean, I just want to expound on he, um He journeyed into a far, way away from his family. You want to get so far away from your family, you know, so 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 can't nobody tell you nothing or won't nobody be able to see what you're doing or, you know, you just want to do what you want to do. But I encourage you. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go so far, but just you're not too far that God can't reach you. Or you're not too far. God's love. This 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 parable represents God's love for us, even in our sin. And I'm not going to get too far in there, but it, I just wanted to expound on uh, you. You're so far out there, away from your family, away from you know people that know you, that knows your family. You know, you need family. You need people that really have your best interest at heart. Because people are going to only be around you when you have something, when you have money, and when you're doing what you want them to, uh, what, what they want you to do, and how you they want you to spend your money. But once your money is gone, or once you stop spending your money, you know, now you're somewhere where you don't want to be. But I'm going to talk about that later. But go ahead. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you your own teaching session. But that was a great comment, great in your own point. Great comment, great comment. So let's uh, let's move on to verse fifteen and sixteen. I'm gonna read four. I'm gonna go back one, read fourteen, and we're going to fifteen and sixteen. And when he had spent all, there arose a famine in the in that land, and he began to be in want. Verse fifteen. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Verse 16, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. So first of all, this boy had enough sense that when he was in need or in want, he had enough sense to go get a job. And we got we got some young folk out there throughout history that just can't do that. So when he was in need or in want, he had enough sense to go out there and get a job. And this is a good example for some you know some people today who are lazy to do this when they can't you know can't rely on parents or the government or meet their needs. While some say they cannot find a suitable uh, job uh, because of their training or their past experiences. This young man took the most menial job possible in order to survive. See? And we'll go further in how that was all turned around. But his state of mind was in survival skills because of the choices he made prior to leaving his father's home, prior to us leaving God and just going on out there like we know everything. You know, when we get away or sever ourselves from God, are we still even praying every day? Are we still even reading our, our Bible every day? Are we still uh, uh, 
having God on our mind and our steps and our talk and, and all the different procedures and things we do throughout the day when we sever ourselves from God. And this is a perfect example of this young man, this young teenager, how he just went out there. He had an idea. Give me my money now. I'm out of here. Now, this, this lesson does not say anything about him having a dispute with his father or anything like that. It does, it's not in here saying that. But he wanted to just leave. And, you know, we, 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 I've raised five kids, from, uh, you know, and they don't went through their teens. I got one still in her teens, my, last, my, little, my uh, youngest daughter. But those years I remember when I was a teen, I came up with some fascinating stuff to do other than what was right. But the consequences, uh, God meets us where we are and may have us to go through something to make us be still and think. See, God allows things to happen in our lives to stop us, make us think. And it could be almost death to make us think. You know, it's a lot of folk in their homes right now going through a whole lot of stuff. And word for word, argument for argument, falsehood for falsehood, and determined to make their point, I, either one, determined to make their point, get away from the home, run across somebody, and that person actually, hey, how you doing? Make you stop and think. You consider your ways. So, this young man had enough sense that when he became in want and needed to go out and get a job. And he's a Jewish fellow. Jewish have no uh, no relationship with Gentiles. How do we know this was a Gentile farmer that had pigs? Because he had pigs. Jews don't mess with pigs. All of that, how he came up, how he was raised, now he, he has a job with a Jew, with a Gentile, someone other than a Jew. To add to his, just, uh, to add to this, he became so hungry that he wanted to eat their food, the pigs. He wanted to eat the pig food. Now you got to remember something. Before he left his daddy's house, he had everything. His father was wealthy. And now he's thinking about eating the pig's food that he was feeding to the pigs to fatten them up. No one cared enough for this young man to give him anything better. No one, because he's, he's in a different part of the, uh, I, I was going to say world, but he's in a different part, area where he grew up. He's in a Gentile area right now, and I'm sure that Gentiles can notice a Jew, and no one cared enough for the young man to even give him anything. In other words, fame for yourself. We know y'all don't like us. We heard about you riotously living. Uh, it may have been the people that didn't want to help him that he didn't do nothing for when he was partying, going through all his stuff. So we got to be careful how we display ourselves out there. You never know when you got to turn that corner and need help from somebody. You got to treat everybody right. Now he's humble. Now he has nothing. And I imagine him looking around for help. No one cared enough for the young man to give him anything. <clears throat> to feed pigs for a Jew was a great humiliation for this young man. To eat their food was complete degradation, degrading. Did he actually eat the food? We can't tell for sure. The Bible don't say that. He was fortunate. He had, had found a job, though. He fed pigs in a pig pen, destitute of other resources. He longed to eat what he fed the pigs. That's a situation that is so low. For this young man and the status that he came from that he left from to be in God will show us how he was with us when we were with him 
So even now, those who are, who are listening, if you're thinking about stepping away from God, if you're thinking about doing your own thing, if you if you think you got it all together, when actuality we none of us have it all together. But if you think you all that, God gonna remind you what you left behind, and we'll soon get to that. So we got to be careful with our thoughts. We got to be careful of the people we're around that's doing this, that, and the other. We got to be careful of where we go in life. We got to be careful because what we see, and and as we see, we think, and we supplant that in our subconscious. So as much as you can, and we can't do it all the time, as much as you can, try to surround yourself with loving people, Christ-like people, people similar to you, so that each person can encourage the other to keep doing the right thing. And I'm sure we've all been in situations where we've been out there and we're getting influenced, but it's the wrong influence. Anybody got any questions or comments before we move on? Vanessa, you have something to say? I'm listening. Not yet. I'm waiting for my favorite part. Well, God God will sometimes um, put us in uncomfortable um, situations to get our attention. Okay? Because he was, I'm quite sure he wasn't out here just spending his money just on himself. And they put emphasis on no man gave gave unto him. What happened to the ones that he partied with? Why he couldn't go back to them? The Bible don't say, but it, it provokes your thinking. Okay, God will put us in um, uncomfortable situations and uh, to get our attention, and we just have to just just stay close. Just stay close. And if you get something, I mean. He got his money too soon. He got something too soon. And a lot of times when we get stuff too soon, we misuse it. Okay, hang around the Father for a while. Hang around, you know, godly people for a while. Learn something from them so you will know how to invest and how and what to do with your money or whatever, um, whatever it is, how to live, how to walk, how to talk, how to pray. Just hang around those seasoned people you know, so you will know how, you know, once it's time for you to move out and once it's time for you, you know, to venture out on your own, you will know how. You will know what to do. It sounds like this, this young man just, you know, he was just like the teens today. They just want stuff right now without thinking about, didn't add up, you know, how much it's going to cost once you get out there. And the friends you think you have that you're partying with, that you're spending your money on, we see, what's your money gone? The friend's gone. So watch who you hang around with. You know, don't leave, don't leave the nest too soon. Don't leave and, and want to venture out or even leave God. Because I'm telling anyway, go ahead. I'm going to get ahead of myself again. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was good. Great comments. Great comments. Great comments. Amen. He he didn't even have authority to eat pig food. The owner owned the pigs. The owner owned, owned, owned the food. So he fattened the pigs and starved himself. Hmm. All right. Well, let's keep it moving. I don't want to hold y'all too long. We're going to go into verse 17. I'm going to read 16 and go right into 17. I like to do that so we can... See how that leads into the next verse. So verse 16, and he would fain uh, have filled his belly with the husk that the pit, that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish. And there's something... <laughs> It's something about God when you're out there, when you're doing things you ain't supposed to be doing, and when you're out there, it's something about if you would just pause for a moment and consider your ways, like I said earlier. Are you running to somebody that asks you how you're doing? And it, make, it clears your mind up for a minute to think. And when he came to himself, 
he said, how many hired servants of my father's house, my father's, uh, have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. So now he's thinking about the life he had. Actually, he's thinking about how he can eat. He's starving. He's hungry. And and and, and, I, and I, thank you, Lord. Have you ever like went down to a downtown somewhere or anywhere? And you've seen a homeless person. If you, if you, in downtown Los Angeles, so many homeless people that's downtown, you can see the generations of it. You can see somebody just became homeless because of how they look. Somebody that's still, um, still protective of themselves and how they portray themselves at a different level. And then you can see a stage where they don't care what you think. May even tell you to get out of the way so they can dig in a trash can. They're not worried about what people think of them. When you get in a certain state of mind, a certain state of need or want, it doesn't matter what people think of you. That's not a good place or a mindset to be in. But because you have a need that you can't fulfill, you're going to start thinking in the early stages of that situation. So a lot of people come out of homelessness. A lot of people get help from people like us. A lot of people uh, help them to get off on their feet and start them on their way to living the life that they have or living a new life that they will have. This young man, when he came to himself, said, how many high servants of my fathers have bread enough and, and to spare and I perish with hunger? Now he's thinking about the servants. He know his food in his daddy's house. He left that food. He know his food in his daddy's house. He know that he got, my daddy got servants that even work for him, and they're eating. Eating good, probably. Don't know. But the, the subject is the food that they have, though. You know? I, I've had, my youngest son has been in and out, in and out. I think he was now, Ricky, what, 27, 28? 27. 27. So he's been in and out of the house, but he knew where to come back to. He knew where his roots was. He knew where food was. He knew how to humble himself while he was here until he got another idea to do something else. And, and it's funny how we always remember our, 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 our basic beginnings, how we remember when we're in need, how we remember how it was. See, never be, never be, too out there that you can't come back. Never be too out there that you can't come back. All right? So we'll get to that also in Scripture. So verse 18, this young man didn't have no pride right now. He's thinking about the servants in his daddy's house that got food because he's hungry. He's in a desperate, degraded situation right now where I was saying an example about the homeless people. He don't care what you think right now. He got a need and he got a want. So verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I sinned against God and you. This is what he's thinking when he's about to start his journey back to his father's house, to his father's property, to his father's estate to his father of plenty. Remember, the father didn't try to prevent him from leaving. He gave him what he asked for. And I can't say he said he loved him because the word don't say that. And and he let his son leave. All right? So verse 18, I will rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Now, Luke, the book of Luke and this subject is going to change. It was based on the son leaving the father. Now it's going to be based on the father receiving the son. And remember, the father represents God. The older son represents the uh, religious leaders, and the youngest son represents a sinner. So read 18 going to 19. I will arise and go to my father 
and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. What does that put on your mind right there? It's an example of hearing the word, believing the word, and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and asking for repentance of what you've done as far as sin. Verse 18 represents repentance. And he's saying this even before he sees his father. I will arise and go to my father. I will arise and go to God. And when I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against thee. So verse 19, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Man, that's strong right there. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Wow. Wow. Any any questions, comments before I go on? Yes. The sinner had to humble himself and turn from his wicked ways. Hmm. All God wants. Mm-hmm. So repent, repentance is to turn away and do not go back to. Turn from your wicked ways. You're not going. You're not hearing from heaven or from God because we we won't humble ourselves. We're going to stay in that famine. We're going to stay in lack. We're going to stay, you know, trying to um, Peter to pay Paul because we won't humble ourselves. That's all God wants us to do. Humble yourselves. Seek him. Right now he's seeking his father. That's all God wants us to do. Seek him. Look for him. Run back home. Fast as you can. Because a good father don't care what you did. I'm not I'm jumping too far. But the humble yep. he the, the, the sinner humbled himself. He turned from his wicked ways. He headed back to his father's house. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So it's funny how he he rehearsing what he gonna say to his father, and, and I, I guess he just want to get it right, and that that seems to me that he's just that humble, that he want to get his words right before he get to his father and what he's gonna tell his father. So verse nineteen, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me uh, as one of the hired servants. He don't, and he I ain't gonna say he was part of royalty, but he was he had a good life. He had a good life. Anytime a father can store up an inheritance for his kids, that, that's a great life when you pass. Or in this case, give it to him while you even yet still living and still had plenty to live, as we'll get to. So verse 19 into 20. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy highest servants. So verse 20, here we go. And he arose from out of his situation. And he arose from out of the, the hog pen, the pig pen. And he arose uh, getting ready to leave that country he had went to where he spent all of his money righteously living, uh, spreading money, giving money to other folks, living lavishly for a short moment. And when he got broke and didn't have nothing, nobody would give unto him that I'm sure he gave unto. People will use you while you're using yourself. People will use you because they can identify that you don't care even about yourself. And then when you become in want or in need, they can't they ain't gonna help you. I've run into that before when I was a young man. Young teenager. <clears throat> but anyway, that's 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 a whole nother subject. Maybe you can teach that some other time. Oh, and he arose hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got this got something on nineteen. Huh? He just wanted to be in the house. He just wanted to be. He just wanted to be. He just wanted to serve. He just wanted to just. Get, <laughs> he just wanted to get back in the house, be a, a part of, even if it meant just serving. Just mm. hire me as a servant. I'm willing to just serve. Just let me back in in, in the in the fold, <clears throat> in the ministry. Talk to you, God. Just make me a servant. I don't even have to be a, your son. Just make me a servant. <laughs> that's that's humble. And it is. He's a uh, he, he's that he's that depleted. He's he's that he has nothing. 
He has nothing. And if I got to serve you to eat, let it be. That's humbleness. Because he could easily he could easily go back home with a different attitude. Oh, that's my daddy. I can do whatever I want. But let's, let's keep on. Let's keep on. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet, now listen, Luke was talking about the son. Now the emphasis go to his father. Now the story is going to be about his father on. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet great way off, yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. It doesn't say the condition of his, his clothes. It doesn't say the condition or the smell of his body or whatever. It doesn't say nothing like that. But picture a homeless person. Picture somebody that can't regularly go, you know, to the, to the restroom and clean up. Just just picture that. Keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind. And let's, let's think of that as sin, how, how, how nasty sin smells to God. That your simple condition, he can't stand, right? He stinks. Because of sin, because now this this is this is going to the father, which the father represents God, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Was his father looking for him? Was his father daily keeping an eye out on the porch looking for his son to come back? Now he could have easily went and got his son, but that ain't how God works. Because when you have a repentant heart. And God is on your mind now. You can approach God because He's looking out for you. You can approach God and repent. God is looking out for every person out there that has left Him, whether you saved or not, because Jesus Christ came and died for all sinners, all who are lost, who are spiritually dead, all who are conforming to the to the ways of the world. Jesus Christ died for people who weren't even born yet. And he's available to everybody. But just look at this. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. His heart melted. I've done that with my sons. When they're gone and they come back, even visiting, you know, pops. I have compassion for him. And my wife gets so mad at me because I do so much. I shouldn't do all that I do, but I, I just it's this compassion. It's this love I have for my sons. But anyway, <clears throat> but when he was yet great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran. His father ran to his son before his son could get back to the house of God, back to his house. He ran. Closer you get to God, the closer he's going to get to you. Ah. Okay. The closer you get to God, the closer he's going to get to you. That's good. And all... Go ahead, sweetie. No, I was just saying that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. So he's going to meet you halfway. <clears throat> God is going to meet you halfway. Put it all on you to do the work. But he's going to do some work himself so that you can see and understand the love that God has for you. See? God is looking out for everybody with his hand right over his eyes because the sun on his face, looking out for everybody. Now, imagine his father was looking for his son every day to just come back, walking up to the house. How do you think he felt when he saw his son, his son from afar off coming? He recognized his son. Oh, my God. He recognized his son probably immediately, had compassion, and ran to his son. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes. So part B of 20, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. How much did the son need that? How much did that son need to see his father running to him? And kiss him. Mm. Just, just consider that. Yeah. How, how the son left. How the son even asked for 
what he really wasn't supposed to get while his father was living. They said, called it inheritance. His father gave it to him anyway because he asked for it. Then he left his father, severed their relationship and left his father. Then he went out there and did what he wanted to do, found himself in a bad situation, the worst situation for a Jew in that matter, in a, in a, in a pig's den. And Jews considered pigs uh, unclean. Here he is in the pool pit, pool pit, the pig pit with them, feeding them, looking at the food he's giving them and thought about eating that same food. That lets you know that everything he thought he was, he let all that go because he, he was worried about the situation he was in at the moment. That's why I say a, a, a homeless person, if they've been out there for a while, they don't care what you think about them. They're going to survive. They're going to do what they got to do. They're going to dig in that trash. They're going to do what they got. They're going to pee right in front of you. They're going to do the number two in front of you. They don't care about what you think of them. It's all about the moment for them, which it should be for us also. We should walk daily in the word of God. We should treat each day as a new day and do all our business for that day because tomorrow has issues of itself. We should plan for the future. If God so happens to wake us up every day after after the day that we're in now, but we shouldn't worry about the tomorrow. Worry about the things of today. But anyway, <clears throat> so he ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said unto him, his son said unto him, this is what the sinner said to God. Cause oh, wait, 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 before you go there, I wanted to say, sometimes um, God will give us what we want just um just so you can see um, that it wasn't good for you. I mean, that, wait a minute, hold on. God will give you some, give you what you want sometimes, just so you can see how much you had it, or He'll let you lose it. He'll give it to you, but He'll let you lose it just to see, let you see how good it was um, when you was doing. I mean, when you was at home, or right, doing whatever, whatever, and. When he uh, about the kiss and him running back, God never left. The man, uh, the father, is, represents God. Mm-hmm. Okay, God never left. He was there the whole time. He's there waiting with his arms open, waiting for you to come back home. He never left. Wherever you drop the ball at, that's where he left it. Pick, pick up where you left off. Go back. God is there. He never left you. He never left. He's been in the same place where you dropped him. Where you left him, that's where he's at. He's just waiting for us to just come back to our senses so he can give it. Just let you see, you know, that the grass is not greener on the other side. And we had it good. We had it good. Now what? Repent, come back to your senses, and go back and, and, and fall back into your father's arms. Because he's there waiting. He's there waiting. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so first, comment real quick. Go ahead, sweetie. Um, I just wanted to encourage somebody because um, I'm young, I'm 22, and I have, like, Friends and faith, beginners, people that are, you know, um, you know, um, more mature in crisis, different areas in my life. I have people in my life. Anywho, um, I hear some people say that, um, you know, I feel like God's mad at me or, um, you know, like they feel like all the, which is conviction, which is good, but, um, I just want to encourage somebody that um, you can, you know, just just same thing we, we're already saying is that you can always come back to God. Don't put um, human characteristics on an infinite God, on a gracious God, on a loving God. Um, conviction is great. That means come back home, get it right. I love you enough to correct you. He's the, he's the, the best father, so he wants the best. So um, conviction is great. Conviction is good. It's, it's a good thing that you still feel conviction, really, because some people don't. So um, that's a good thing. Counting blessings that God still loves you enough to convict you and not just let you sh- just go. 
and not just put you in a reprobate mind and let you just be how you are and there's no hope for you. So it's still good that you feel that conviction, but it doesn't stop there. This is just a parable to show us how loving he is and he's still waiting with his arms open. He's compassionate. And I wanted to um, reference, I was just um, reading a little further up and how it says in verse 7, I have a different version. Hold on, I'll read the King James Version. Hold on. Um, In verse 7, it says to you that likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more more than more than over 90 and nine just person i can't i'm gonna read the version i got i tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent god shows compassion and he loves you that one person that says you know what i want to turn back around and get it right Heaven is rejoicing and God loves you so much. So I just wanted to encourage somebody because I hear that multiple times that I can't hear. I feel like I don't hear God. I feel like he's mad at me. I feel like he's upset. I just want to encourage you that that's a good thing that God still, he wants you to get right and wants you to come to him. So it's a good thing that you feel that and he didn't let you go. Now he just wants you to come back and he has open arms. So, yeah. Amen. 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 That helps us tonight with the uh, with those scriptures. Amen. Thank you, sweetie. So, <clears throat> twenty-one and twenty-two, and we'll be we'll be just about done. So, verse twenty-one of Luke fifteen. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Good Lord. Good Lord, this 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 boy had a a changed life. A, oh my God! And it gives an example of how we should come to God as nothing, and let God build us up. Am no more worthy to be called thy son. Now let's check out chapter twenty-two, and we'll have one verse, two verses left. Uh, verse 22 But the father said to his servants Bring forth the best robe And put it on him And put a ring on his hand And shoes on his feet Now When the son was in the hog pen Or the pig pen He thought about the hired servants In his father's house That had enough food for him to even They had enough food to eat he figured he'd come back as a servant. Now imagine him walking back home. And whatever state he's in, his appearance or whatever, imagine him walking back home thinking, just just let me be one of the higher servants, higher servants in your home. Why? So I can just eat. That was his main thing, just to eat. <clears throat> right? But here's what the Father did. Here's what God did. Here's when we have a humble mind, a humble spirit, a humbleness about ourselves, a repentative heart. Here's coming to God. Just let me be in the house. Just let me, just let me eat. Just let me serve you, that humbleness. Verse 22 does not give him that. But verse 22 gives him more than that. How the Father sees him. No matter how stinky you are in sin, no matter what you've done in life, I don't care if you even murdered somebody, no matter what you have done, the Father got some clothes for you. The Father got a closet of stuff with your name on it. If you got a repentative heart and, you, and you're just sorry for what you've done and you come to him for help, you come seeking God's word again, Right? But the father said to the servant, to his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Why is the shoes on his feet mentioned? Because the servants probably didn't wear shoes. So when you see this boy after this, you know he's not a servant, that he wanted to be just to get something to eat. He's, the father's given him, a, him an appearance of being a child of God. Ah, he, he's putting that light on him so it can shine. 
if y'all understand what I'm saying. A Christian should stand out. But we should have the humbleness in our heart and our mind that we are serving. As long as you stay as a servant, serving the people of God, you won't put yourself up on the shelf, even though it looks like you should be on the shelf because how God decked you out, how God has blessed you in your life to have not only one car but two cars, a nice house, or blessed you to be in a stable situation in your life where you don't even show a need or a want. So when you look at this boy now, and how he's decked out and how his father prepared extra spirits to clothe him, put a ring on him, put shoes on his feet. Now he looks like he never left the house. Now it looks like he never left God. And God can clean a sinner up to where he won't recognize the sin no more. All right. So verse 22 and 23, I know we've got about four more minutes. 22 and 23, but the father said to his servants, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fat, fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Now he's going to have a banquet of food. <laughs> wow. And, and, and it's almost funny how God gives us what we need when we need it, and it's more than enough. So remember, he was hungry. He thought about eating the pig food. And don't say if he didn't. About He came into his right mind. Let me go where some food is at my father's house. Let me become a servant. That's, him. That's what he's thinking when he's walking to his father's house. But as he's even a far way off, his father sees him. God sees the, the sinner coming back, and he runs to meet him hugs him and kisses him, assuring him of the love I have for you, not arguing with you why you left, why you look like this, what you did, blah, 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 blah. No, just accept them in the house first. I do that with my kids. My wife will cut their head off, but I'll accept them first. Then we can talk, Right? So verse 23 and 24, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat. And see how God met him where he, he needed? Oh, man. God met him. God will meet you with the need stretched out to give you. He know what you need. The boy hungry. Let us eat and be merry. Last verse, verse 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. See? Dead can be dead spiritually toward God. Alive can be spiritually filled because of God. Being lost is not have heard the word of God. And being found is by hearing the word of God, and they began to be married. So hopefully, uh, Ricky, did you have any closing comments, or Vanessa, any closing comments? No, that was good. I do. That was really good. I do. I, um, Go ahead, sweetie. Okay, today I just recently purchased a study Bible, so I'm reading through it, and the um the little lesson it talks about is parenting adult children. And I was talking about how um, it shows that both of the children, the sons were independent by one of the sons saying, father, give me the share of my estate, like give it to me. So it's showing that he's old enough to receive it. And he's also old enough to make his own decisions and bear consequences. So I just Mm -hmm. want to talk about um, just bringing it down to reality um, of parents giving you, we all as children, we're still we still have parents that have free will to do as we please. But I think it's still very important just talking to parents to still have that unconditional. Like I know it's still adult to adult, but that's still your child. 
So they still need that love and that unconditional love, that embrace, that foundation they can still come home to. I think that's just very important to bring up that, um, bringing it down to reality of um, somebody has to mute. Somebody phone loud. I don't know. Who. But, um, yeah, I just felt like that was, that was I don't know, I kind of like that point of adulting. I mean, parenting adult children. And um, how they were very, they're obviously independent and old enough to make decisions and how the father lets them, but also welcome them back in. Like you were saying, Daddy, about um, us and how we do what we want to do, but still, you know, allowing that, you know, having that grace for your kids. Because you was a child once, you did what you wanted to do once, but I think it's important no, to still be able to. That's home. not saying come back home, right? Huh? Come back, not She's physically, not talking about but coming come back home, home right? in, not physically come home, but as in okay. the unconditional love home, the foundation. Okay. So I'll say this and we'll close. When, when, when the last child left the house, your, young, your younger sister, Aja, your mom wanted to do all kinds of stuff with the rooms and stuff that was vacant now. And I told her to leave one room, at least with a bed, so that if one of my kids want to come back home, I have a space for them. And I put them all on the side of the road. And this, amen. All right. So, um, all I want to thank you for the platform, man. I, I, I really appreciate it, man. And hopefully somebody um, got something out of this, these scriptures, um, a different way to look at these scriptures. Um um, you know, if somebody's uh, think they're so far away from God at this moment, uh, God is on the porch looking for you right now, and He'll meet you where you're at when He sees you. Hmm. We can get so far away from God that He may not recognize you, but the closer you get and He sees you, He'll meet you where you are. This father ran and met his son when he saw him. And that's the same thing God does for every sinner. That's the same thing God does for every Christian that severs themselves from God. If we have a repentant heart, God accepts it and forgives you. I don't care what it is. But what I don't want, you know, anybody to do is just keep running away, keep sinning, think God is going to keep forgiving you. On one of those runaways or one of those outings, it could take your life, and you can't get back to God. See? But anyway, um, hope you got something out of this. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, this is the Bluehead family. We call, well, they call us the Royal Blues, my wife and kids. But we do have a show that comes on every Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, they made me teach tonight. They've been begging me to teach tonight, and I, I know I'm a little rusty. So hopefully, hopefully it did okay. Um, thank God for his help, for his inspiration, thoughts that came out of the lesson tonight. Uh, and may God get all the glory for it. So, Ricky, you want to um, pray us out, if you don't yeah. mind? I don't mind. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for tonight. Lord God, I thank you for uh, this wonderful Bible study. I thank you. For my husband, Lord God, pour back into him what he has um, poured out to your people, Lord God. Lord God, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for opening up the sinner's eyes, Lord God, and humbling them to change their minds, Lord God, and forgive them, Lord God, for their sins, Lord God, and help them to try um, to do better and be better, Lord God, and help them to think on things that are pure, things that are, are just, things that are honest, things that are lovely, things of you, Lord God, and creating them a clean heart, Lord God, and renew the right, uh, 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 renew the right spirit within them, Lord God. And I just want to say thank you, Lord God. And if there's somebody out there that don't know you, Lord God, um, let them get to know you, Lord God. Let them go in your word, Lord God, and find you and find them in the word, Lord God. And I just want to say thank you, Lord God. And before we leave, we're, um, um, we Romans, um um, 10, 9, and 10, um, where it says, um, for, um, oh, Lord, help me out. I got, I got a brain uh, for it. 
uh, well, we forgive us, um, confess with your mouth and believe in um, your heart that you died and you rose on the third day. And I just want to say thank you, Lord God, for for the uh, repentant hearts on tonight, Lord God. Continue this. Use us, Lord God, for your glory, Lord God. And we just want to say thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do, Lord God, in the lives of the people that heard and um, took the time out to, um, to listen on tonight. Lord God, change their lives. Let this be the first day of the rest of their lives, Lord God, that they want to do right, Lord God, and just put away um, childish things, Lord God, and think on the things that I spoke earlier, Lord God. And I just want to say thank you and I praise you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.